good morning. You're still going to listen to me. have to listen to me sing, try to sing, and now you've got to listen to me try to preach. But uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, and uh, good to, uh, I'm glad to be able to give Jared a week where he doesn't have to prepare everything. He, Jared does a lot, if you're around him through the week, he does a lot that um, a lot of people don't see, and uh, so I'm, I'm just glad to give him a break this week, and to, to be able to share about love this morning. And um, notice on the screen, what has love got to do with Christmas? And uh, this week, the, uh, the, the, the theme is love and the Advent. And we were, uh, last Sunday afternoon, we like to take Sunday drives. We like to take Sunday drives back where we were from, but we always knew all these places. But now, we've got all these new places to go drive. And so Sunday, we're driving over through, um, up through Alpine, up Hoback Canyon, which we're, we're kind of funny. And so back home, we don't call it, there's no canyons in the east or the south. They're gorges. We call them a gorge. Canyons sound so much cooler. And we'll just look at each other and we're like, we're driving through a canyon, you know. And then we get to Jackson Hole and we're like, we're driving through Jackson, on a Sunday drive, driving through Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I mean, I know people who have saved up their whole life to take a trip out here to see this stuff, and you people take it for granted. It's right here. So we, anyway, we're taking a Sunday drive over in the mountains because that's what we like to do, and we're coming back, and we're listening to Tim Hawkins. Anybody ever heard of Tim Hawkins? Christian comedian, one of the funniest guys ever, and every dad tries to be Tim Hawkins. I mean, we like to tell these dad jokes. and So... He was doing this uh, spoof about inappropriate wedding songs, and he had been asked to sing at his friend's wedding, and his friend, he, he asked his friend, he said, well, what do you want me to sing? He said, you pick. Well, Tim Hawkins, if you've ever heard, he's, you know, the light bulb goes off, and he's thinking, oh, this could be dangerous. So he starts naming all these songs, and... Then he, he starts playing this one song, and if you were alive in the 80s, you remember this song, What's Love Got to Do With It? Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? What's love but a second-hand emotion? What's love got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? And that's the lyrics of the song. And as, as I was listening to that, I thought, you know, that's really how people in today's culture and how we live today, that's how they view love. It's... it's um, it's very surface level, and there's a lot of songs, uh, popular songs about love that, uh, you know, they may be okay songs, but they really don't paint a good picture of what love is. So as we were coming back, and I heard, I heard Tim Hawkins singing, What's Love Got to Do With It? I thought, what's love got to do with Christmas? And that is, um, that's, if you want to title the message this morning, that's the title. In 1 John chapter 4, if you'd like to turn with us in your Bible, 1 John chapter 4, uh, John is speaking a lot about love here. And so uh, we, I hope that we can get a picture. Love is one of those things. It's, it's a word. It's one word that's hard to define with just a word or a sentence. So I hope this morning that we can paint a picture of love. 
And uh, there's a lot, you, you can see love in a lot of different forms, in a lot of different ways, and it's expressed in a lot of different ways. So I hope this morning that maybe we can just paint a picture of love. First John chapter 4, and we'll read, uh, verse, start reading with verse 13. We'll read all the way down to about verse 21. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Let's pray. Father, uh, we come to you this morning. God, just as humbly as we can, Lord, realizing, Lord, that uh, we, we are nothing without you. And God, that our expression of love is, is Lord, the, the love that you've shown us is just so much more than we can ever, ever give you thanks for. And God, we just pray you would open your word to us today. Lord, paint that picture of love in our hearts. Lord, that we could see you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, we'll start out here with an explanation of love. Now, if you're going to explain something, first of all, you might want to explain what it is not. Um, one thing that I can honestly say that love is not is love is not cheap. If something can be bought, it's cheap. I don't care if it's a million dollars. If it can be bought... In the grand scheme of eternity, compared to what the riches that God has, it's cheap. And, and love is definitely not something that's cheap. Um, love's not fleeting. It's not something that uh, is, is here today and gone tomorrow. Love is, is not something that just, just, it, it just passes, you know. I never have understood um, I never have understood hearing somebody say, well, we, we, we were in love and we fell out of love. I don't understand that because love is not, it's not a fleeting thing. Um, it's not a feeling. Uh, that's, I, I think in popular culture today, that's the, the love that, that we see painted, the picture that we see painted of love in the world is this feeling of, of love. That feeling that you get when you, you go on that first date and those butterflies in your stomach and you're all nervous and, and, and you, you say, oh, this, this has got, oh, this has got to be love, you know. I can't hardly eat my dinner. This has to be love. It's not, love's not a feeling. So 
uh, the picture that we're painted is, is that love's a feeling. And love's not changing. It doesn't change from one day to the next. Love is, is not something that uh, you, it, it doesn't change. So I, I looked in the dictionary, and this, and this is a good example of, of the world that we live in. The dictionary definition is an intense feeling of deep affection, which that may be, may be a part Maybe a part of a description, or a great interest or pleasure in something. Great interest or pleasure. I thought about what the Bible says about love, and in in studying this, I didn't realize until I got into this, but most of my favorite Bible verses are about love. I didn't realize. Uh, Romans 5, 8, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. One of my favorite verses in the Bible that tells me that when I was at my worst, Jesus still loved me. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Now, I thought, is it not great that our Bible doesn't say, for God had such a great interest in the world that he gave his only begotten son? I mean, that kind of sounds cheap. Or God had such a, an intense feeling toward the world that he gave his only son. To die on a cross. So what love is not is love is not something cheap. Before we get into what love is, I want to share with you, I, I, I've got some quotes. Um, these are some quotes about love and, and maybe different people's pictures. And some, some of these I can look at it and say, you know what, that's a picture of love. Some of them it's just kind of funny. But this one here is one of my favorites. It says, all you need is love. But a little chocolate now and then doesn't hurt. That's Charles Schultz. Peanuts, if you, if, if you know anything about Charlie Brown. This one is from George Burns. Love is, like, love is a lot like a backache. It doesn't show up on x-rays, but you know it's there. I think that one's true. And this one's true. Funny man Tim Allen. A guy knows he's in love when he loses interest in his car for a couple days. That might be, that might be true. Uh, this one says, as a man in a relationship, you have a simple choice. You can either be right or you can be happy. Um, this one is from Jack Benny. He said, my wife Mary and I have been married for 47 years, and not once have we ever had an argument serious enough to mention the word divorce. Murder, yes, but divorce, no. <laughs> I'll give you one more. A good marriage is like a casserole. Only those responsible for it really know what goes in it. So there's a, a lot of people look at love in, in different ways, and, and that might be that's that's more of a, a maybe a, a, a romantic love, a love in a marriage. But um, a lot of things that we see that paints a picture of love and what love is not. But what what really what is love? Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you'd like to turn with us there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I call this the love chapter. You hear this, these, these verses um, read at, at weddings. and um, I, I wish that, that families could sit down around these verses and let these verses, this, this, this chapter of the Bible just soak in, and we're just going to get to a part of it. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. 
It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Let me stop right there just for a second. Love is when you wake up on a Sunday morning and maybe the other person is just a little bit irritable, but you show them that little bit more grace because they're irritable. That's love. Anyway, verse number six, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends and it goes on this whole chapter is about love and I'm so glad that God gave us his word his 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 revelation that you know you want to know what love is you get in God's word and you can find out what love really is what is a good picture of love and 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a great picture of love John chapter 15 and verse 13 says greater love has no one than this than someone lay down his life for his friend The greatest picture of love ever painted is the picture of love that Jesus laid down his life for us. And of course, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son or one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is, that's the best picture of love that I can paint. You can't, you can't define it in a dictionary and, and you, can't, you, 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 you can't describe it with one word. Now, the nature of love, we'll get back in 1 John chapter 4. Where does love even come from? Now, first of all, it says here in two places in this one chapter in John chapter 4, or 1 John chapter 4, that God is love. Now, what does that mean? What's the nature of What's the nature of love? Now, you think about this. The Bible says that we are image bearers of God. He created us in his image. And that's one way that you can tell that is our capacity to love. Uh, you, you look at all the other animals, all the, an, uh, say all the animals, we're not animals. All the animals in the world, the, the, the deer and the elk and the moose and the rabbits and the and the squirrels, and, and they all have, they go by instincts, and they go by the instincts that God has placed in them, that he created in them. But God created us in his image, and we've got the capacity to love. And I thank God for that this morning. And it says here that God is love. Now, that means that love is part of the essence or part of who God is. Uh, it's, it says in verse number 8 and verse number 16, God is love. Now, it also says in John chapter 4 that God is spirit. In other words, there's, there's no time and place can hold God in. You know, I think sometimes we look at God as somebody that we can just wrap him up in a box and put him in our pocket and we, we just, we're, we're going we're gonna to pull him out when we need something. And that's how, we, that's how we picture God. But it says that God is spirit, that time and place cannot contain who God is. He's all-present. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And then in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, it says God is light. Now, light in the Bible is a picture of holiness. Anytime you see something about light, uh, you, you can see a picture of holiness. And holiness is of God. The Bible says our righteousness 
is as filthy rags. When we become believers, whenever we uh, encounter Jesus Christ as our Savior, then we, uh, th- then we can take on his holiness. I'm so glad this morning that I'm not dependent on my good and my righteousness, but I'm dependent on God's holiness. And he is light. He is holy. And it says here that God is love. So the nature of love comes from God, the capacity to love. And so we, we have cheapened love in this, our, our society, in our world that we live in. We have cheapened love so much. But love is so much more, and it comes from God. And I, I like this quote. It says, love does not define God. God defines love. You can't just take love and say, well, if you could define God, how could you define him? Well, I'll just define him love. There's so much more about God. But when you look at love, you have to say God defines love. What real love really is. And to experience the presence of God in your life is to experience love, to experience him. So the nature of love comes from God. And now love is, is, okay, we're talking about love. It's not a feeling. It's not cheap. It's not fleeting. It's not changing. So I look... As looking looking at this scripture, love is put into action. So love, kind of look at love as a verb. It's a song back in the 80s, Christian song. Some of you may have heard it called Love is a Verb. And it talks about how, okay, God loves us and he pours his love into us so we love other people. We don't love other people to achieve their love. We love other people, the Bible says here, because we are loved. It says here in verse number 17 in 1 John chapter 4, it says, By this is love perfected. I've got love perfected underlined in my Bible. With us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Now, it's talking about fear and love. And when you're just read, if you're reading through this chapter in the Bible, and you're, just, you're reading it really fast, and I'm one, if I read fast, I, it doesn't soak. So I'm reading, and I'm like, okay, there's love, and there's fear. What's love and fear? How does that all, how does that fit together? What, what, what's he talking about? And he's talking about fear. He said, if you, if you have fear, it's because you're, you're fearing the punishment for your sin, the judgment that's coming. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it said, is it, appoint, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So there's coming a time of judgment. But it says that there's no fear in love. Because love has been perfected. Perfect love casts out fear. So as, as a child of God, as a believer, we, we don't have to live in fear of judgment because our sins have been judged on the cross. Jesus took the penalty and the judgment for our sins. So love was put into action when Jesus gave his life on the cross. For fear has to do with punishment, verse number 18. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Love was put into action. I thought about 
fears. And a lot, there's a lot of things today. Fear sells. If you want to sell something, then scare people. Okay? Look at, look, look at the news, news outlets. It's, it's, I mean, I'm glad for people that report news. But they're, they're going to paint the most scary picture of whatever it is that they're reporting. You know, if it's, uh, if, if it's a tornado damage, then they're going to show the most storm-ravaged neighborhood. You know, they're not going to show the house over here that wasn't touched. Or if it's uh, talking about something overseas, they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna paint the, the most grim picture. It's, it's fear. And look at the movie industry. Uh, if you want to make money on a movie, scare people. Okay, uh, it, look at theme parks. I love roller coasters. I love to get on a ride. I'm scared to death of heights. That's why I love roller coasters, because they if they didn't scare me, I wouldn't I wouldn't stand in line for 45 minutes to an hour to get on this thing if it wasn't going to scare me. If it was just going to ride me around and we're going to look at the trees, I'm probably just going to go sit somewhere in a park. But it's going to scare me, and my heart's going to be racing, and I'm going to scream like a, like a little kid. I'm going to stand in line to get on that ride because it scares me. I've got a fear of heights, you know, and, and, and fear sales. Um, I, I remember watching this show called Fear Factor on television, and uh, people with arachnophobia, they would, they, would, they would put spiders all in around them. And then I thought about this fear. There's, there's a fear of the dark called nyctophobia. I think that's how you say it. It's a fear of the dark. And some people are just afraid of the dark. And you might say, well, I'm not afraid of the dark. I'm a grown man or I'm a grown woman. I'm not afraid of the dark. Then I guarantee your car has headlights. And I guarantee when it's dark outside, you turn those headlights on. Why is that? Because you don't know what lies ahead in the road. There's just a little bit of, and that's okay. It's okay to be a little bit afraid of, of the, the deer that might jump out in front of you or, or, the, or whatever, you know, the tree that might be beside the road. So it's okay to have, you know, just a little healthy fear of the dark. But fear sells. And uh, I, I read this quote. This is from Warren Wearsby. He said, if someone is afraid, it's because something in the past haunts them. Something in the present upsets them, or something in the future they feel threatens them. So there's, if you fear, it's because of probably one of those three things. And we're talking here about a fear of judgment, a fear of, uh, of, of, of leaving this world dying in your sin. And we don't have to live in that kind of fear. And when I think about fear in the Bible, I can't help but think about my favorite characters in the Christmas account, the shepherds, because the shepherds are just, they're just common folks. They were just, they were just common men out uh, guarding the sheep. And in the Christmas story, God saw fit to include them. In Luke chapter 2, verse number 8, it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were fear, filled with great fear. The King James Version says they were sore afraid. Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you were just sore afraid? You were just filled with fear. I, I remember 
we were when we were moving out here. I've not told this is um, this is one of those fears maybe that a dad might feel. When we left our home. I had a job waiting on me, and I had talked to these people a month before we closed on our house. Well, about a week before we were going to close, I told Sarah, I said, I'm going to give them a call just just to make sure everything's still on up and up and I've got a job waiting on me. I give them a call. I leave a message. There's no answer. Okay. They're busy. Next day, they don't call me back. Another day, I said, I'm going to give them another call. I give them another call. Leave a message. I find another number. I call it and I leave a message. I'm wondering at this point, does this place even really exist? It's about three days before closing, and I didn't really talk about this a lot, Sarah and the kids, but I, I talked to Sarah about it some. We packed up our moving truck on Monday morning. Still hadn't got a hold of these people. I didn't know if I had a job, but I knew we had just closed on our house. We didn't have anywhere to live back there. We had an apartment waiting on us out here, so we said, well, I guess we're going anyway. I, there was a little bit of fear, I'll be honest with you. And about halfway through Wyoming, we left Cheyenne. We, we were on our way here. About halfway through Wyoming, the phone rings, and it was my boss. And basically, he's like, what are you worried about? Yeah, I'll be here Monday morning. I'm like, okay, okay, that's all I wanted to know. But I, there was a little bit of fear, you know. I, I, was, I, I, I was almost to the point where I was fear, filled with great fear, but I had that just a little bit of fear. And we've all been in those situations where there's just, there's just that little bit of fear, you know, where you, you don't really know how things are going to go. And so these shepherds, they were, fear, they were filled with great fear because the angels had appeared, and the Bible says the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And just imagine, I mean, these guys had probably worked these fields for years and they had seen anything like this. And then all of a sudden, here are these angels and all this glory and all this singing and all this majesty and what's going on here. And they're just afraid. And the angel says, fear not. Tells them, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good things, good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Perfect love has come in the physical form to, to earth. Perfect love. And he says, this shall be a sign unto you. Talking to the shepherds, you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I don't know this to be Biblically accurate or historically accurate, I've read this in one book, and it was a, it was a Mark DeHaan book. But according to him, so I want to share. I want to share this because it kind of paints it kind of paints a picture for me. When a lamb was born in the field, according to this, the shepherds would wrap that lamb if it was a lamb, a spotless lamb. For sacrifice, and they would wrap the lamb up, and the, and they would, and they would swaddle that lamb somehow, until it got its bearings, so it wouldn't hurt itself. And they said, "This shall be a sign unto you." If that is, if that is historically accurate, I can't say that it is, but if it is, can you imagine being one of those shepherds when they walk in, and there lays that baby? They've never seen a baby wrapped up and put in a manger, but there lays one, 
And the angel says, This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. A Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. Love has come in the physical form. Love has come. Uh, Perfect love. Perfect love that is going to cast out all fear, is going to cast out uh, your, your, your fear of, 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 of dying in your sins. Perfect love has come to this earth. And last, it gives us a call to love. Not only has love been put into action, God put love into action, but now he gives us a call that love can be put into action in our life. In verse number 19 in 1 John chapter 4, he said, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. And he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Of all the verses in the Bible, if you were to pull one verse out that just says, Ouch. This one right here says, Ouch. It says, How can you say that you love God but you don't love your brother? How can you say that you, you love a, a God that you've never seen with your eyes, but you don't love your neighbor who you are around every day? He gives us a call to love. And listen, love is not something that we, we just do on our own, but it's, it's an outpouring of what God has poured into us because it says here we love because he first loved us. There's an old song that says, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. Now think about the, the Christmas season and, and people be getting together with family and friends. and We've all got that uncle, that weird uncle that shows up, that gets on everybody's nerves. Maybe he tells too many dad jokes. Maybe he eats too much. And he just gets on your nerves. You've got to love him. Maybe we've got that neighbor that maybe you go out to mow your grass and then just as soon as you mow your grass, he's got to mow his grass and he's got to mow it just a little bit nicer than yours. You know, we've, we've, all, we've, all, we've all been around those people. That uncle that gets on everybody's nerves, my nieces and nephews have told me that I'm that uncle, telling too many dad jokes and going on. And so, but they, they've got to love me. And, and so, you know, it's okay. But he gives us a call he gives us a call to love, but he's not saying, hey, it's not like God is giving, it's not like following a rule. It's not like he's saying, uh, you, you just need to do better and you just need to love people. That's not how this works. You think about the fruits of the Spirit that Paul talks about. The fruits are, and the kids at church, they, they know this song, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. The first one is love. We, can't, we don't love people just in our own efforts and because we're just a good person and we're just going to, I'm going I'm to love you with all my heart and, 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 and do the best I can do. But we're image bearers of Jesus, Christ, of, of Jesus Christ. We're image bearers of the Lord. And we can bear the fruit of the Spirit that is love. 
And as he's pouring love into us, we love because he first loved us. So we can love that neighbor that might be hard to love. It's, we, we want to be around those people that are easy to love. And we want to love those people that are easy to love. But he's calling us to love those people who are hard to love, who are difficult to love, who are difficult to get along with. That person at work that nobody wants to work with, and I don't know if you've ever been, it seems like I'm always in this situation. That person that nobody wants to work with is who I always get stuck working with. And maybe I'm that person. But we've we got to love each other. We've, we, we've got to pour out the love that God has poured, in, poured into us. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his neighbor. Listen, if you love God, you're going to love your neighbor. He said the law and the prophets hang on these two, these two things. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. I believe if we're truly, if we if we truly love God, then it's going to pour out, and it's going to pour out to our neighbors. I'm going to read one one uh, paragraph from uh, the uh, Advent book, page forty six. And if you do the Advent this week, you will come across this paragraph. This stuck out to me. It says, "So no matter how you may feel, whether you find yourself in the holiday spirit or like." Each day of this time of year is another hurdle for you to clear. Advent ought to be a welcome reminder of your complete dependence on God and to demonstrate his love. Every day of this season provides a reminder that apart from God, we cannot truly know love. Without him, we cannot rightly give it. I'm going to close. I've got one more quote, and this right here might be the, might be the death nail. One of my favorite characters around Christmas time, Mr. Grinch. Y'all know who the Grinch is. There might be some Grinches here, I don't know. It says, and what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say, that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And then the true meaning of Christmas came through. The Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches plus two. It's my prayer this morning, God would help our hearts maybe to grow a size or two this Christmas season and that we can share the love that God has shared with us. I want to